Summer Mixtape Part 3, we're jumping right in. And uh, as I told you, we wanted to talk around uh, with this song, uh, Wild Thoughts. And this song, of course, is by DJ Khaled. And he has obviously a whole bunch of uh, tunes that are out there that are gaining a lot of traction. And it's featuring Rihanna and uh, Bryson Tiller. And so, um, and so the song, how many of you, hands for those who have actually seen the song and, and, or seen the video or heard the song? Okay. Well, don't be ashamed. You're like, am I allowed to put my hand up? Yeah, you can put your hand up. It's okay. As I shared, you, shared with you that we engage culture and we see stuff all around. And uh, so this song, of course, is, is the, the, the hook of it is, wow, wow, wow. I'm not going to sing it. But wow, wow, wow thoughts. I just lied. Wow, wow, wow. When I'm with you, all I get is wild thoughts. Yeah. We gave it a shot. <laughs> no lightning, eh? Okay. But that's the way that this, the hook of the song goes. And so Rihanna, she's, it's a very, very sexual uh, song, as Jermaine was talking about. And that's the hook of the song. And there are a number of things that pop out to me uh, from this song. As I told you, uh, first of all, I told you that songs that, uh, that we would consider secular uh, the fact of the matter is that a lot of these people who are in the world, as we would say, that make music that's not Christian, uh, they're cultural expositors in that they represent what is actually happening in our culture. And I would say secondarily that they're also cultural thermometers. Somebody say cultural thermometers. In other words, they show us and they indicate where we are and where our culture is, the things that we're thinking about, the things that we are for. And so, you know, there are two things I'm just going to start by saying this, you know, that are solidified, that I believe that this song solidifies. If you see the video, as I shared with you, it's highly sexual. And I would say, number one, that it solidifies that our culture today, if you could just stay with me for a minute, I would say is highly sexual, over-sexual, I would say, over-sexed. Everything is about sex. Can I get a witness? Sex sells from, you know, I rem- how, how many of you remember when rated PG was actually PG? When it wasn't no naked people in the shows. And now I'm like, oh, okay, PG, Gabe, you can watch it. And then Gabe goes and looks at it and it's just like, wait a minute, son. No, not yet, buddy. You're not allowed to. Any- Am I the only one? Rated R is now, it might as well be rated X. It seems like progressively over the years... That it's just been a slow fade and a slippery slope where the world and culture just becomes more and more depraved. And again, my point of sharing around this song is not to bash Rihanna or DJ Khaled or anything of this nature. I'm just saying these are the things that the music that is out there, this song being one of them, it solidifies in my mind that we are oversexed, that we are highly, we are lust driven, you know, our culture is very lust driven. It's all about your crush. And like he said, you go just scroll through your IG account, man. It's like stumbling block city. Can I get a witness? Because everyone is just about, it's it's a very highly sexual culture. But not only this, not only this, it's not just that. Number two, I also will say that I believe that it solidifies for us as well uh, that, that our culture is full of reckless thinking. Reckless thinking patterns. Very irresponsible, man. I mean, if you even look through this song and the, and the way she, they're talking about engaging and the way that she's talking about how her stuff is available, you know, and the way that there's just, they, they're just going back and forth in this lustful exchange. It's just bonkers. Ain't no commitment involved. Come on, somebody. 
There's a, and, and this is just the way that we are, that the culture that we live in. And so I would say that these are two things. And the most important one is the fact that this is a representation of the reckless thinking in our culture today. Can I go a bit deeper? Somebody say deeper if it's okay if I go deeper. So number one, I want to establish the fact that, you know, our thoughts dictate our actions. Are you with me this morning? The things that we do usually started in our minds. It's very, very true. Most people think like somebody, you know, most people to just go out and do something crazy that they just thought about it on the moment. Usually it's been brewing. It's been brewing. Can I get a witness? It's been brewing. It's something that we've been thinking about before we actually put it to uh, action. And I'll say that our thought life is a thermostat for our real life. Are you with me? Let me say that again. Think it, think it. Our thought life is a thermostat for our real life. In other words, some of us are wondering why there are certain destructive patterns that are in our life today. Some of us are wondering, we're saying, why is it that I can't stay in certain relationships long? Why do I have an issue with commitment? Why is it that I can't deal with my finances the right way? Why is it that I'm always feeling in a place where I'm, you know, where I'm depressed and things of this nature? Many times, I'm not saying in every case, but many times, whether directly or indirectly, it has to do with our thought life. In fact, if I can just go a step further and encourage somebody to realize that most cases, if you change your mind, you can change your life. In fact, that's so good to preach to your neighbor. I want you to just go ahead. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, oh, neighbor. If you change your thoughts, you can change your life. Sometimes that's where you need to start in order for stuff to, get ref- to be reflected in your actions. Are you with me this morning? And just so we understand uh, how big of a deal this is as it pertains to our thought life being the thermostat for our real life. I want, you to, encu- I want to encourage you to understand that Jesus emphasizes the magnitude, the magnitude of uh, and the consequences of our thought life throughout scripture. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus stood up and he made some really bold declarations. I just want you to grab a hold of your thought life today. Because I'm just believing. Is anybody believe with me today that somebody's going to leave delivered today? Because I'm believing that your mind is getting ready to shift and change. And as a result, the, the God is going to cause you to walk in victory because you, you get a hold of your thinking. And so, number one, Jesus makes it clear. I'm not even going to read these ones. I want you to just go ahead and write them down. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22, for sake of time. And I encourage you to take notes, write the stuff down so you can go home after and study it and look back at it and make sure that you grasp these concepts. Jesus says, as of old, you heard, you should not murder. But then he goes on and he says in that same passage, he says, if you are angry against your brother... It's as if you've killed that person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Many of us don't realize, but when we harbor anger in our, somebody say anger. You know, anger when somebody's done something to you and maybe you've never been here, uh, but I've been to that place where you're just so angry with somebody and it just, and you just think about it and think about what you would do to that person and think about what you, and it's, and that thing plays out in your mind. It's as if you've done it already. And he says that if you're going to think about it, that it's the same as if you have done it. Can I just keep it real this morning? Not only this going forward. 
also as it pertains to adultery and lust he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 27 through 28 he makes it clear he says you heard in the Old Testament that you shouldn't commit adultery but he says I want to make it clear to you he goes if you lust after someone in your mind it's as if you've done it already can I just throw somebody a surprise party this morning? Because some of y'all think, oh, as long as I just look and I just fantasize about him in my mind and I just think about her in my mind, as long as we do it in my mind, come on, somebody, then it's not, it's not harming anybody because it's just in my mind. It's a figment of my imagination. But Jesus makes it clear that when we dwell on things in our mind, that not only is it, is it as if we've done it, but I want you to realize that oftentimes it will set us up to actually walk these things out somebody ought to say amen right there and i hope that some of us for some of us this isn't to condemn you or to put you in a place you know because i'm speaking to myself as well that we often have to backtrack and look at our thought life in order to recognize to be able to come to a place where we can tame our wild thoughts somebody say wild thoughts and so my question to you, I, I, you know, just moving forward, you know, I just want to encourage you rather my challenge to you. And I'm going to read this one. Uh, if you go to Matthew, Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 22. What book did I say? Matthew chapter 22, if you will. And I want to go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, uh, 37 and 38. And I love what Jesus says here. This is a declaration that he makes to us and encourages us around our thought life. And, and other things as well. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your what? And with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then he goes on and he makes it clear and he says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself in verse 39 we usually think about loving god with our heart and with our soul and that's why we can sing songs and be in an emotional place i love you jesus and we lift our hands and we boohoo and we snot out the nose and we have our great time come on somebody anybody ever have one of those good cries in worship i'll be driving down the street about to crash the car like i love you jesus you know anybody ever had a pullover praise I mean, like, it's just those moments. And if you haven't had one yet, I'm telling you, just keep falling in love with Jesus and see what, it will, see what will happen. That song will just come on and just hit you. And you're just like, oh, Lord, I'm going to crash. <laughs> and, you know, I was in and, and just being in that moment, we think about our heart and our soul. But we often do not think about loving the Lord with our mind. Somebody say my mind. That we are to love God, not just with our heart and with our soul, but also with our mind. It's very important. In other words, God's desire is for us to love him with our thought life. Are you loving God with your thought life? We know that you can lift your hands in worship. Come on, somebody. We know that you can get excited and run around when, it, when stuff is happening and jump. And we know that you can be emotional. But do, are we honoring God with the things that we're thinking about? Can I just talk for a second? And so Jesus is making it clear that he wants us to love him, not just with our heart and not just with our soul, but with our thought life. Somebody say, my mind. And I love this part. You know why I love it? Because he goes on and then he says the second one. Look at here. And he says the second in verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Some of y'all, and sometimes myself included, I don't want you to love me like you love yourself. 
because many of us we're not taking care of ourselves come on somebody and consequently we're not in a position to effectively love other people can i preach this morning and so the challenge is, the challenge is when we love God, when we love God with not just our heart and our, and our soul, but when we also love God with our thought life, that positions us to not look at a woman and say, you're just somebody that deserves to be in somebody's bed. But when I look at them, I say, you know what? You're a queen. You're somebody's daughter. Are you with me this morning? You're somebody's potential mama. And so I want to respect you. Come on. Can I talk to somebody this morning? When you look at somebody, you say, you're not just a bag of muscles women come on you're not just a bag of muscles. you're not just a tall glass of milk you're not i'm not just looking at you in this over sexualized generation that just looks at people and just looks at them in this sort of a carnal manner but we're able to have a godly perspective as we're loving god we're able to love people effectively come on somebody I, I, I just want you to understand this because, 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 because we have to get to the place where we love ourselves, not just so we can be selfish, but we love ourselves so we can effectively love other people. Some of you, there are some things that, you're, that is going on in your head and there are things that you're dealing with and you think that it's just affecting you. But I'm challenging you to understand that God wants to deliver you in your mind, not just so you can be delivered for yourself. But who can I talk to this morning that understands that there's some people in your circle of influence that needs your thought life to be okay there's some people in your circle of influence that need you to be okay in your head am i talking to someone this morning and so we got to get out of that selfish place where we're just thinking about ourselves and realize that the call goes just beyond ourselves to loving ourselves so i can love somebody else in fact that's good enough to preach and even tweet too go ahead and hit your neighbor a high five tell them neighbor i want you to understand Come on, tell them with some power. You got to love yourself so you can effectively love your neighbor. Who am I talking to this morning? So I want you to understand this. This is what Jesus is saying. And so many of us, we are in the position where we are having wild thoughts. And you know, and wild thoughts are not always bad thoughts. Trust me, child. I have wild thoughts about that woman named Chantal Beresford. She's the best thing since sliced bread and trust and believe we have a really good time. And that's my wife. It's about to be 11 years this year. I'm telling y'all. And three babies later. That's the testament right there. And her mama's sitting there too. Come on, somebody. And I know where she, I can actually say she got her looks from her mama. That was some brownie points that I was earning right there. But the fact is, many of us have wild thoughts. Some of them are destructive. Some of them are cool. But is it okay for me to jump in a little bit? Can I go a bit deeper? So realize that our mental thoughts or our thought influencers are, just want to just run through some of these really quickly. The first one uh, is that we are our thoughts and, you know, the reason why our, where our thoughts come from uh, are from external influences. Somebody say external and external influences would be people and would be places and would be things and situations. You heard how Rihanna said, when I'm with you, all I get is wild thoughts. Can I just break it apart? So she's making it clear that when she's around this person, obviously the person in the video, Bryson, she's making it clear that when I'm around you, all I get is wild thoughts. Many of us, you know how it is when that person walked by you. I don't know if that's how they walk, but. Or when that dude walked by you and all he has to do is just do that lick of the lips or whatever it is. 
See, y'all don't want to keep it real this morning. And you just get shook. You just get that. Jermaine, Jermaine was talking about that energy in your belly. You knew that energy. You just didn't want to say amen. You're like, I'm not allowed to talk about that in church. Lightning is about to strike me. No, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so people oftentimes will do that. Situation. There's some of you, and I'm even, even outside of a comical context. For some of you, there's someone in my life right now who, uh, who actually, who actually uh, as a result, participated in something that was a challenge to me and has caused me a lot of challenges in my thought life. And whenever I see this person, it brings a lot of anguish to my life. Can I just be, can I keep it real? Can I be transparent? And so there are people who, when they walk by you and they put you, they put you in a certain mindset or they remind you of something. And so people, places, things. For some of you, when you drive by places, I know for me, that's the case as well. Coming back to Toronto, if I can just be real, man, it was a real challenge for me. When I left here when I was 17 years old, y'all, I was in a completely different place. And Jason knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because he used to be on some of those conquests as well. And so it's hard to come back to a place... And to, it's hard to come back to a place where you used to do foolishness and go and drive by certain places without thoughts, wild thoughts coming to your mind. Can I keep it real this morning? And so people, places, situations, things of these nature continue, contribute to some of you having suicidal thoughts. Some of you being in a place where you're experiencing depression. Some of you in a place where you feel like you can't make it or you can't achieve anything. Because when you think of education, uh, all you think about is somebody in your family line who didn't make it. So you don't think that you have what it takes to make a move forward. But can I just preach to somebody this morning? I showed up all the way in the middle of Morningside Theater here in the community of Malvern to declare to you that even if a family member didn't make it, I'm here to tell you that that don't mean that you can't make it this morning. Are you with me in this place, church? And so the encouragement people, places, things, you know, external things come to our minds. And number two, not only this, and influences, but curiosity. Everybody say curiosity. Curiosity is something that we all deal with and that, you know, in curiosity, usually, especially in the, in the context of church, usually presented as something bad. Curiosity is not always bad. It sometimes is good. In fact, by definition, curiosity is a strong desire to know or learn something. Adam and Eve were curious. And they were in the garden and look, man, I mean, look at what happened. They broke the world because of their curiosity. You know the fact, remember they, who, who heard curiosity kills the cat? Let me see the hands, everybody. Curiosity kills the cat. Curiosity don't always kill the cat because curiosity can be a good thing. But in the case of Adam and Eve, they decided, you know, they were in a position where they decided God told them what he told them, but they decided to go beyond what God told them instead of believing what God told them, and they jacked stuff up. In fact, I love what our Barnabas Piper, uh, he's an amazing author, the son of John Piper, who's a great theologian. He actually says around the concept of curiosity, he says, Adam and Eve broke creation because they stepped outside of their vocation. Instead of seeking to reflect God, He says, they sought to be him. So the lie the devil told him was, if you eat this fruit, God don't want you to eat this because he knows that you're going to be like him. Although they already were created in the image and likeness of God. Come on, somebody. And so they got curious and they went aside and believed a lie. And as a result, they brought death 
to the world, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5. Death came to all men because of curiosity, because of the curiosity of Adam. And so many of us, there are things that are destructive in our life and there are things that are happening in our thought life and it's because of curiosity and it's bad curiosity. Everybody say bad curiosity. But then there's good curiosity. The fact of the matter is, remember the three wise men that went to, they were curious to go see, is this person, Jesus, that we've heard about that's going to be born in a manger? They followed the stars to go, the magi to go and find Jesus. Not only this, uh, but the people from Samaria in John chapter 4 verse 29, when the woman at the well who, uh, in in chapter 4 of the book of John, uh, there's a story about this woman. She went and she told uh, all of her Samaritan friends about what Jesus did for her. Are y'all still with me this morning? And they brought, she brought her friends and they were curious. They wanted to see who is this Jesus that transformed this woman's life. And so they came and they wanted to find this out. They were curious and they came and they found. And as a result, their lives were changed. Not only this, this dude, Zacchaeus, man. Zacchaeus, Zach was no joke, man. He was like, yo, he was like, yo, I am so curious to see Jesus. He's a short man. And he's like, yo, I'm not even going to let this stop me. This guy climbed a tree. To see Jesus coming by. Come on, somebody. He was curious to see this person that he was hearing about. So his curiosity led him to go the extra mile. And consequently, we find in Luke chapter 19 where that story is that Zacchaeus ends up having life change because of his curiosity. Are you still with me this morning? And so curiosity can be good curiosity is uh, number two not only that imagination i'm just going to go briefly over these a form of me- uh, to form a mental image or concept to envision to impict to picture to fantasize about imagination everybody say imagination and so that's one of the influencers on our thought life but not only that spiritual uh influences somebody say spiritual Obviously, as I shared, Adam and Eve had a spiritual influence where the enemy came and decided to put some things in their mind. Have you ever, maybe I'm the only person that this has ever happened to, but have you ever been in a position where a thought popped in your head, maybe like a curse word against God, or you were walking by someone and you just got the random thought to punch them or something? Anybody, something like that ever happened to you? Okay, you're going to be real with me. I see some hands. Okay, you know, that stuff will happen. I'm like, God, I didn't even think that, you know. And we usually see that depicted by bad angel, good angel. Come on, somebody. And the fact of the matter is that oftentimes these thoughts will pop into our mind. And many of us think and, we, the, and, and what happens to us is when these thoughts pop in our mind, some of us, we feel like we start feeling condemned. And I just want to deliver somebody. I feel like this is a deliverance moment right here. Some of you, you feel condemned and you feel like, oh, man, this must be the way that I feel. I'm here to tell you that sometimes the enemy, can, because of the way that our mind works, the enemy can throw some stuff at you for you to think about. Come on, somebody. And we many times will feel like it's us but it's not you if I'm not there and I'm not thinking about it and it pops into my mind a wild thought pops into my mind sometimes the spiritual the spiritual world the enemy will use that not only that also in the good sense God many times will influence and challenge us in our thought life spiritually he will say you know have you ever been in a position and you just get a random thought to do something good or to or to make a change or to do something or you get the unction to do this is god oftentimes challenging us and speaking to us as it pertains to moving forward and so our thought life is extremely important you know i remember man can i just be transparent for a second i remember right before i left i smoked some weed that we believe was laced and maybe some of you have heard this and i actually lost my mind 
and it was like absolutely gone. Like I would have severe attacks where I would be, I would be, I couldn't drive in a car for 15 minutes. I, after the high was gone, I was still high, but it was like intensified. It was to the place where I couldn't drive in a car for more than 50 minutes. I'd have to get out because my whole body would be shaking and plant myself on the side of the road. I would constantly be, be hallucinated. I'd be standing in one place and I would feel like I disappeared. And I was inside my body and nobody, nobody could hear me or anything of this nature. Maybe nobody in here has ever experienced anything like that. But I literally was wondering how in the world am I ever going to get out of this? Because my mind was blown. Can I just be real this morning? 17 years old, feeling like I had absolutely no future because of this time when I smoked this thing that jacked up my mind. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God who is a deliverer. And some of y'all wonder and say, why is Pastor Andrew always so amped? And why is he always so excited? Man, I would be in church. And this is how I knew that also there was demonic stuff attached to it. Because sometimes these things are gateways where I literally would be in church. And and whenever praise would happen, I would start shaking and I would get up and have to run outside of the church and plant myself all sorts of craziness so when you see me praising come on somebody when you see me jumping when you see me so excited and passionate about the gospel it's not because i'm better than you it's because i was a wretch and my life was a mess and my mind was blown but i'm so thankful that god is a deliverer and so this is this is the deal and so and so you know so somebody's asking then what do i do with my thought life and i'm bringing the plane down for a landing what do i do with my wild thoughts what do i do when i'm dealing with stuff for some of us even like me because of what i shared with you some of the things that i've been dealing with you know and they they and they're always these influences it's some people that you cannot are you with me that cannot be removed from your life so i just want to give you five things really quickly very shortly the first one is you have the ability to choose what you dwell on in fact somebody say this with me because this is freeing for somebody say i have the ability to choose what i think on or what i dwell on see you might not be able to cancel out some of the influences that you are in your life you might have to see somebody for the rest of your life because they might be a family member you might have to drive by a certain place all the time because you live in the city are you with me on this morning the devil might send some crazy spiritual things through those channels to come and affect your mind and many of us we feel like we got to get to the place where we have to dwell on everything that comes into our mind but can I talk to one or two people on this morning to understand that the text that we read in the beginning it says whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely in philippians 4 verse 8 he says whatever is true what is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable commendable if there's any excellence if there's any worthy thing worthy of praise think about these things in other words he's making it clear that we have the ability to control what we think on I might not have the control to control the the ability to control the influences in my life, all of those things, but I have the ability to control what I dwell on. You know, when my kids were young, I remember Gabe, my wife and I, we used to always talk about the fact that, you know, like the coffee tables and stuff. Gabe would always walk by the coffee table and bust his head or like hit himself or whatever. And, you know, it was one of those things. He's fearless. He kept bumping himself, kept hitting himself. And we realized, you know what? I told my wife one time we were talking. I was like, babe, we can't stop Gabriel. We can't, we can't move the coffee table. I'm not putting the coffee table on the fireplace or something. You know, it's not going to fit. I'm not putting the coffee table in my bedroom. 
It needs to be there. That's where it's supposed to be. But what we can do is we can help Gabe and teach Gabe to be in a position where even though the coffee table is there, that we can help him to understand that he needs to walk around the coffee table. Come on, somebody. Man, there might be some coffee tables in your life. There might be some things that you can't move out of the way. But God, by his grace, can give us the strength to determine that even though I can't move the coffee table, even though I can't move the person, even though I can't move the situation, I can't change that it happened no matter how much I want to. But I tell you what, baby, you have the ability and the strength. Be free this morning to be able to choose what you dwell on and what you think on. And man, you know what some of us we're held bondage by a year or a few years or an event or an episode that may be one time in our lives but God has so much for you beyond where you are right now if it was over you'd be dead but as long as there's life there's hope come on somebody and so instead of driving in the car looking in the rearview mirror getting about to get into accident crashing into all sorts of stuff because our focus is in the past i wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that say i'm leaving all that stuff behind that happened paul says in philippians chapter 3 forgetting those things that are behind and pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling in christ jesus And so making it clear, number one, we choose what we dwell on. Number two, choose to dwell on things that are helpful. Somebody say helpful. You know, uh, the scripture makes it clear. Colossians chapter three, verse two through five. You can write that down. Check it out. That we are to set our minds on things that are above. So since we can think about, uh, uh, think about, we can choose what we dwell on instead of dwelling on obsessively the things that have happened that are negative and allowing our minds to dwell on things that are, uh, that are a mess. We've got to guide our minds and guide them towards things like what Paul says in our text for today, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable. If there's excellence, he talks about think on these things. How, how are you loving God with your mind? Are you focusing are you putting to practice are you spending more time concentrating on the negative and the things that happen or are you spending time being intentional about dwelling on things that are helpful so number two choose to dwell on the things that are helpful number three we've got to break destructive thinking patterns and cycles some of us you know we're like those people that go to the gym and they work out for one day and then they're like, man, I didn't lose no weight. The gym sucks. The gym doesn't work. You ever met anybody like that? And Antoine, you know I'm about to call you out, brother. He absolutely, he just crushed it. He went to Calgary and he won. He is a champ. What is it? Is it IBFF? What was the ch- IFBB Pro. This guy is a bodybuilding machine, man. His, one of his arms is like the whole size of like my whole body. Like this dude is it's insane. And so the crazy thing is, though, that he didn't get like that in one day. Come on, somebody. And many of us, you've been spending the majority of your life dwelling on negative things. And then one day, some of us, this is exactly what happens. You get saved and then you're like, oh, I love Jesus. And then tomorrow you expect your whole thought life is changed. But how many of you know that your thought life is like a gym? They even say that it takes 21 days for you to break an old habit and to start a new one. You haven't even, some of us haven't, you can't even get through a week and we're ready to throw in the towel. 
But we've got to get to the place where we are intentional. Here it is about breaking those cycles. Come on, somebody. You have to, you, you know, you know that the only thing in our lives today that breaks a cycle is a seed. You know how babies are born? Because a seed from a man breaks the cycle of a woman. And so there's some, when we plant these helpful thoughts in our mind, come on somebody, and we continue to do so over and over again, you know what that does? That breaks the cycle of the devil off our mind and we're into being to able to be into a place where we can have a positive thinking pattern. So I might not be able to change my surroundings, I might not be able to change what happened to me, but trust and believe I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. Am I helping somebody this morning? So choose to dwell on things that are helpful. There it is. There it is. Uh, break destructive thinking patterns and cycles. You know, and that's what I had to do when I was dealing with something uh, that was just crushing my life and had me suicidal. Man, I was feeling suicidal, suicidal. Okay. But I was in the corner just thinking, man, I feel like it's over. And God literally brought deliverance to my mind through breaking that cycle and breaking that thinking cycle. Number four, I got two more. We've got to resist and cast down destructive thinking. When, when the enemy sends, talking about spiritual things, things your way, don't claim it as your own. Stop claiming thoughts that you're not thinking as your own. You, the Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will. Did it say he might? He may. He's going he's gonna to think about it. He will flee from you. And many of us, we've been, we've been accepting this mail that the devil's been sending, and that's why it's been... You know, how many of you... How many of you, when you get some mail in, the, in, the, in your mailbox and it comes and the name is like Harvinder Balabala and you're like, that's not my name. My name is Andrew Beresford. Who is that? And guess what you do? You write on there and you say, return to sender. And you put that thing back in there and stick up the stick. That don't belong to me. Come on, somebody. That wasn't for me, and so I'm sending it back. And that's how we've got to do with our mind when it comes to spiritual attack. Because the enemy tries to send us things to try to influence our, through our thought life to influence our actual life. But I want to encourage you that you got to get to the place where you say, devil, that mail doesn't belong to me. Come on. That depression doesn't belong to me. Return to sender. That suicidal thought, I'm blessed and highly favored. I've been bought with a price. Return to sender. Come on, somebody. That thing that's come to me that's trying that the enemy is sending to try to destroy my life i'm not accepting it because it don't have my name on it my name is victory come on first corinthians 15 57 thanks be to god who has given us the victory through christ jesus our lord that's my name my name is not any of that nonsense that the enemy will send return in fact somebody just go ahead and shout return to sender, return to sender. oh man there's a preaching there right there you got to return to sender. Thank you so much, Courtney. Come right in. And so, and so lastly, I'll say this because everything's not always spiritual. Can I just keep it real? Some things you don't need to go and just take to prayer, but some things you need to go and talk to somebody about. Can I keep it real? And the church, we're a place where we over spiritualize everything often. And we're to the place where everything needs you to get somebody to lay your hands on and shut about a Honda and tell my yellow bow tie. And that's going to cause deliverance to come. Can I be real? 
But every now and again, look, if you look even in the Old Testament where God, even with Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and his friends, that they were in a position where people came and sought counsel from them to be able to understand how to operate in matters. Are you with me? And so God equips people in our midst to be able to do counseling. I've had to get counseling before. My wife and I, how do you think we made it 11 years, child? Yes, thank God for the Holy Ghost. And that's fantastic. But we've had to sit down in front of counselors and say, hey, what do we do? Can I just keep it real? And we had to figure it out and work through stuff and deal with things. And that's how we've made it. So every now and again, you, number five, you do have to go to a place where when wild thoughts come, when you've prayed and when you've, when you've fasted and when you've studied and when you've helped yourself in this sort of a position, in order to reinforce these things, we've got to get to a place many times that we talk to somebody about it. Are you with me? Professional help can help. And so I don't want to over-spiritualize because that's something that the church does as well. So just let me reiterate those things for you one more time. Number one, you've got to have the ability, you have the ability to choose what you dwell on. Not only this, number two, you can choose to dwell on things that are helpful. Number three, we've got to break destructive thinking patterns and cycles. And number four, we've got to resist, cast down, evil thoughts that come to mind and number five we if you know when all else fails and when you're in this position you've got to talk to someone and get some counseling do put to practice these things and i'm telling you for some of you this is going to be breakthrough for you guys for some of you you're going to experience i'm just believing that this word if you take it home and you go and pray over this and meditate on this and work it out that this is going to impact your life and your thought life and consequently your whole life because of these things and so today as we get ready to close this service i'm so thankful for you coming today but i want to encourage i don't want to close this without giving you the opportunity giving someone the opportunity to give their lives to jesus it's the best decision that you can ever make it's the best thing that you can ever do is position yourself Firstly, by giving your life to Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter what you're thinking in your mind. Some of you, your thought life has hindered you from making the choice and the decision to give your life to Christ. Jesus wants you even with your stinking thinking. He wants you wherever you are. And I'm telling you that when you put your trust in him, when you give him your life, he gives you the strength to do all of those things that I just told you about. Are you with me on this morning? And so even as we go forward and we close this service out, I want to give someone that opportunity. You're saying, today is my day. Today is the day that I give my life to Christ. I don't want to go through my life without Christ anymore. I don't want to go through my life with my mind being plagued with things. I want to get him in my life. And not only is he going to give you salvation from hell, you're not going to go and spend eternity in hell. The Bible says that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting, someone say everlasting life. So you can have life eternal with him spend eternity with him but also number two because of that he'll come into you and he will give you the strength to walk in victory in your life and even in your thought life are you with me this morning